It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, wow. Wow. McNuggets, that, uh, that takes the, that, that's the best. I can't wow. wait until we hear what, is yeah. it okay to say it now that he's gone? No, because I'll tell y'all off the air. Steve, uh, Steve Becker texted me and said, good call on not saying the last <laughs> one. If you have to ask yourself, probably better safe than that, sorry. That is a very good No, no, rule. no. Look, look, look right here. Ready, fire, aim, baby. Just yeah. shoot. That, that, Just shoot. Le- that leads right into what I was going to say. So we're going to. Uh, you have another yeah. job. Oh, <laughs> Ready, fire, aim. You know what, though? Our goal was to make these guests laugh. No, and absolutely. I do think Coach Hart, if he texts you and says, I'm never talking to McNuggets no, again, no, I will take that no. L and I'll walk I'm sure on, he had fun with you it. You did he nothing won't. wrong. You did fu- great, Michael. Nice work, Thank you, young Michael. man. You no, Michael. no, just, just got a text from him. It's all good. He enjoyed it. And I, I told him over the weekend, you'll have fun. I promise that you'll laugh. And, um, he, and he did. And he enjoyed it. I, and I really enjoyed the list. I thought the list was great. I wimped out on asking him about Mr. Hero. I didn't want to insult him. He oh, listen, you know what? It's a shame Hero. you didn't because I told him you were going to. I know. And he, and he loved it. it. He loved seemed, the idea. It seemed kind of trivial at the time. You know, he was being inspirational about coaching and whatnot. And I was going to be like, what do you think about those hot buttered hoagies you used to push? <laughs> I didn't feel like it felt like it just didn't feel organic. <laughs> and neither well, he'll Mr. come back Hero, on hopefully frankly, during the season, anyways. Jay. Hopefully he had enough fun that uh, we can get him back. Yeah, we'll get him back. Twice we'll, ask year. we'll ask all we'll your hard-hitting Mr. Hero waffle fry season. questions right. next time well, we get back on. You can add Mr. Hero to Burger King and all the other sponsors. Yeah, that, that we won't off. be getting. Might I love like, Mr. Hero. <laughs> Mr. Hero. Why is it wet? Fair question. Why is it wet? No, I still, I'll eat it. I'll eat it right Wasn't now. Wasn't there a Mr. Hero jinx that so, everybody that did Mr. Hero yeah. commercials went down the tubes? It, well, I mean, it's debatable. Brian Anderson, Hoyer. Anderson Verichow. Mm. I mean, that was, you know, I, th- uh, I forget who else. There were Brian Hoyer, ones. I think. Brian Hoyer, well, definitely. Yeah. I, I just texted him, Mike, sorry he didn't ask you about Mr. Hero. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I won't say what he what he wrote, but yeah. he's disappointed that you didn't. Well, we'll get him next yeah. time. And he said, need to do it again then. That's awesome. great. There so, you go. Good. We'll yep. get him on. Yep. Yeah. All right, I, I will build up the strength to tell him my last suggestion next time. I'll clear yeah. it with all the technical yeah. and stuff to make What's, sure legally I can say Yeah, that that's there. a great idea. Yeah. Um, look, what was your guys' favorite, real quick, of the six I suggested? D's. No D's? question. D's. D's. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like agree. The, no question. D's. The first one. What was it again, the first one? Buck, buck yeah. 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 I did like Buck yeah. But buck yeah, is good, good too. But buck yeah and D's were the best. But Buck yeah, he could actually use. He could use that. Yeah. He could use that. He one. could use that. It could be a t-shirt too. Yeah. Sure. Get on that. Copyright that. Hey, UCSS is coming out with swag. Maybe our first Ohio State gear is either hashtag just D's. No, it just has a Buckeye on it and says D's underneath it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I mean, I mean yeah. it may exist already. Listen, it's so it brilliant. If it doesn't, If it no one should. thought of that yet, in like all of the uh, – It's yeah, inappropriate. Of Especially in the yeah. t-shirt capital of the universe. Right. Absolutely. Right. Like, yeah. Is Cleveland the t-shirt capital of the universe? Oh, oh let yeah. me tell you something. Yeah. Once, you, have, you haven't figured that out yet? Once all Dude, the, once the steel mills moved out, we became a t-shirt and microbrew-based economy. <laughs> 
I try pretty to, much. I try to explain that when we launched the athletic. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, t-shirts are huge, and they couldn't grasp the concept. No, most people outside of Cleveland. <laughs> there is something yeah. mildly desperate about it. I don't mind it because nobody used to be proud of living in Cleveland at all. But it is a little weird. Like, you don't see a bunch of New Yorkers walking around and says like, New York, I like it here. I do. <laughs> like, but Cleveland, we're all just like, it's fine. It's fine, right? We We've like got it. signs all here. over Look. our city reminding people where, where they, they are, are and that they like it. it. It's, 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 it's a little thirsty. We all seem a little thirsty. Oh, walking around. It is very thirsty. Uh, you know, let's do a little good, bad, good, bad, 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 Before we go to that, have you done a feature yet on the on the t-shirts? I haven't. No, we should. I think that's a great sure. idea. Yeah, I'm going to write that down on my clipboard. Okay, do that because I think it, I think it would be okay. fantastic. Uh, good bet, bad bet? Yeah, let's do good bet, bad bet. Steve, let's pull up the standings. We are still tied after a one and two day for mm. both G and Adam the Bull. I made a Jay, move, though. two and one, coming up on uh, made a move. making some ground there. And also, Brad Sellers falling below 500 wow. for the first time. For anyone, really, the first person under 50%. So, Brad, you got to step it up. The mayor's did back G, tomorrow. Did G send his picks? Jason is picking for G today. G. So, okay. Jason's picks count for Mr. Bush. Okay. Sorry, Garrett. So, let's get to the first one. Guardians <laughs> Ready, fire one and a half again <laughs> right. today against the Twins in game one. The only one going against the grain is Jason, a.k.a. G. Bush. Jason? I'm, I'm just a negative person. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I'm a negative person. And he's playing with G's money. And I'm playing so. with G's money. Yeah, why not? And I don't gamble on – like, I've never gambled on sports, so I don't know what I'm doing here. Mm. But uh, I just – I didn't like the matchup. Smeltzer's been pitching well. Always pitches well against Cleveland. Plesak has not pitched well against He's a coin Minnesota. toss. He is, but a bit of a coin flip. So, yeah, uh, I do think they're going to pull out of this soon, but just not in game one. I hope so, because they're at a nosedive. Big time. I mean, yesterday was – yeah, it's one rough. engine is out Reach and the other out. one's on fire <laughs> it's, right now. Yeah. It's what and we the all parachutes are broken. <laughs> yeah. it's it is what we all feared during this homestand, unfortunately. Like, it's, it's, Gosh, it's how a was, long how season, there's ups and downs. I know. It's, but it's there's still four time. to go with the Twins. Yeah. And if you take three of four, yeah. you know, but the problem is that you only pick up a game now. And yeah, the pitching has really struggled lately. The starting pitching and McKenzie in particular, his last two spots starts has been awful, and now he's going to face the Yankees the next time. I'm out. telling you, I don't think it's all the realm of possibility they get a pitcher at the trade deadline. I know that goes against what they've done in the past. But yeah, I just spending don't think money, you mean? No, normally if they're going to get something at the deadline, it's a bat. Usually, yeah. normally they can just churn out their own homegrown pitching. I mean, Luis Castillo or Tyler <laughs> Malley from Cincinnati yeah. are possible. They, yeah. they do have a doubleheader today, and I like yeah. the second matchup better. Pilkington. For, yeah, because Pilkington. The Pilk. I the, and I think the Twins called up somebody from the minor leagues to get the start. I like Both that, too. Because Pilkington had been down. He's their 26th yeah. man. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, at least Pilkington. I don't know I don't know this guy from the yeah. Twins, how much big league experience he has. I, don't know. I, like I didn't see who it was. Who, who uh, was. I didn't recognize the name. They called him up ju- just for today's uh, second game. Oh, oh Winder. Windler? Yes. Yeah, he had been I, up already earlier in the year. I don't remember him doing yeah, anything. Yeah, no, he's a young pitcher. What's, uh, what's the next one? The second bet over nine and a half runs in said game two between the Guardians twins. Yeah, I mean, you got two pitchers getting called up from the minors. Not a lot of experience. Pilkington didn't pitch well the last time. I'm expecting a lot of runs today in both games. Yeah, I think the I Guardians' think. bats will get going finally. I hope, I hope you're right. That'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, they've been, what is it, nine runs now over their last five games? Jose's thumb ain't right. Did I don't think it is that? either. I'm, you know, when he got hit on the hand the other day, I know it's not the thumb, but mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. wondering... Look, when you take one off the hand, a fastball, yes, oh, ninety but he's plus. He's a quick healer, so mm-hmm. let's hope he's Wolverine. Okay. And what's the last one? This is the best one. It's a ten-pointer. Will I catch a foul ball? 
at tonight's game. I'm going to the second game. Wait a minute. Header. You put down. You put me down for good bet. Me too. Well, Bull was the only. No, Jay Anthony. Anthony man. Anthony. Screwed up. Okay. Did I send it? Hold on. Let's let me double check. Did I send it wrong or did Anthony? Don't you remember wrong? what I said? I didn't just say bad bet. No, you said bad. Yeah, the, Anthony man. Killing us. It's All right, a, well, here's the thing. It's a no-brainer to pick good bet on this because even though it's unlikely, I get 10 wins if he wins. But it counts as a loss if you so don't. So whatever. You get losses all the time. Right. One I, hey, I agree. I put it down as good bet. I love that you showed him to shame him. Yeah, so, Anthony. <laughs> put, put Anthony back up there. Put Anthony back up Just there. Just look at him. Come Anthony, on. look. Oh. Look, bro. Look into the camera. Look, look at us. Look, look into the camera. You have nothing to be ashamed of. You're, you've done an unbelievable job for us. Okay, so you messed up a graphic last Friday. Okay, so you messed up a graphic today. It happens. <laughs> How do you happens. stay mad at that face? How can you get How mad at Anthony? How can you stay mad at he's that face? He's doing the best and he, he can. And he couldn't find us any water today. Yep. And he's, and he's dressed. Right. And he, and he's, and he's dressed like the Unabomber for some what is reason. That, a U, is that a USF? Um, no, it's Vegas Nights. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Wow, but, you're going but, deep. Wait a minute, I got a, I had a lot of questions about this. I just couldn't be bothered to actually get into it because I didn't care enough. Yeah, but it's very early. Number one, it's G. Bush's money. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't care. Number one, where are you sitting? Number two, catch it means you have to catch it. That's it. You can't yes. pick it up yeah, off the ground. I played center field you have for to two catch years it. in elementary school. All right, but there's, there's no nobody way. at the game, Not so you can't no, just wander can over and pick it up. No, catch it means catch it. Catching in the air. Catch it in the it, air. It can't like land three sections over. I and, and scurry just, over and get does right. not count. Mike, does not count. If you had the opportunity, I'm expecting you to knock people over no matter what. Take it from a child if you have to. Take it from a child. He said yeah. he would throw Brianna out of the box. <laughs> out the box. <laughs> to catch To give Bull 10 ball. wins. That's the dedication very, I have to my Very gallant. Thank you. Very gallant. You know what, Bull? This is a win that for you. This is for you. Yes. Brie, I'm sorry. Head on a swivel, sorry, Brie. Head that. on a swivel, Brie. <laughs> including, including the girl you're going with. If you got to knock her out of the way, knock her out of the way. No, he, no, no. the girl that he's going girl with counts. will knock him counts. out of the way. That's true. She'll probably kick yeah. your but ass. But that doesn't count either. You said you have to catch it. I don't care if she catches it. It yeah. doesn't count. You have to she's catch got, it. You have she's to got catch really it. long arms, though. Mike, I'm expecting you to before. lie and say you caught a Yeah, two things. Anyway. So, Bull and I are saying you will catch it. Yes. You two are saying that no chance. No chance. And I want video evidence if you do. Because yeah. we get big scores if this happens. Big scores. So yeah. I hope. Massive scores. If I, hope, I do hope it happens. One more uh, foul balls. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Real quick, Municipal Stadium. Probably late 80s, I would guess. I'm sitting next to my dad in an empty stadium, of course, because it's late 80s and it's, Cle it's Cleveland Indians. Everybody got a foul ball then. Exactly. Except me because I'm sitting here. My dad's sitting where you are. Mm -hmm. My dad has two beers in the cup holders. Two beers. I'm a child, so I don't have one yet. <laughs> uh, but he's got two beers in the cup holders. A, a foul ball hits up uh, off the deck, bounces, bounces, and it can bounce forever because there's nobody there. So it's just rolling and rolling. I can't get over my dad. I'm going, he's like, get sit up. And it rolls right next to him. Some kid grabs it and I and runs off with it. And I go, Dad, it was a foul ball. He goes, I would have spilled my beer. 
And I said, it's a foul ball. He goes, can't drink a foul ball. <laughs> swear to you. Can't oh drink a foul ball. God. It's, that a, is your it's still a famous line in my family. Like him saying, can't it, drink a foul ball. That's awesome. It should yeah. be. And so, by the way, I hate to be that guy, but now I, I want to tell a foul ball story. Please. Uh, I'm at Shea Stadium, which right. is not empty. Mm-hmm. It's no. not empty. This is the 80s. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. Strawberry. Yeah, 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 good team. So this is late 80s. I was like 17 or 18, something like that. We are sitting in the first row of the upper deck, right behind home plate. Wow. So just over the net, right? And foul ball comes straight back. I am there. I'm leaning over a little bit. Ball comes right to me, hits me in the hands. Boom, pops out. I got booed by the entire stadium. Oh. Did you have a glove on or not? No, no, no. no, yeah. no, no did no, it no. stick with you, that boo? I deserved it. Okay, no, I, but yeah, did it hurt? No, I did no, I felt okay, like good. it was it was well deserved. It was I part of baseball. The ball. Part of baseball. I, yes. Honored to be I part needed of the, to catch that ball. Honored to be you a did. part of the noble tradition of getting booed for yes. missing a foul I got ball. booed by like forty thousand people. That's, no, who so. can say that? Who can say that? <laughs> Steve Bartman. That is, yeah, that's Steve right. Oh my God. Yeah, so yeah. you and Steve are like separated at birth. Right. Uh-huh. He's, right. He had to go into hiding. I love that. <laughs> I'm told <laughs> jerks. Listen, sports fans screwed are, his life, oh up, life up to this day. Oh, yep. my God. Like, he yeah. can't. He, he, I think he's got a different name. Yeah. He's yeah. like yeah. living his They his tried life. to bring him back in oh. 2016. Uh-huh. Yeah, didn't they say, like, boo, we're still mad. <laughs> boo. He's got his kids with him. We'll <laughs> kill you if we see you in the park. First of all, the guy went to the game by himself and yeah. was listening to it cool, dude. Right on head. Cool, cool. Dude. I don't think Moises like, I think Moises Alou's reaction led to that. Yeah, I think oh, it no did doubt. too, because he was, you know, yes, throwing a nuts. tantrum right yes. there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had to escort him out of the stadium, remember? Yeah. With there was a great do- ESPN did a great documentary. Oh, I know they did. Yeah. Dusty Baker blew it. He should have I don't know. Yeah, it was crazy. It doesn't matter. So at least at least for you, it was three minutes of hell and then it was yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I deserved it, though. All right. you got, I had to, God, I'd pay to get video of that. Do you know? Do you, you have no idea what day that was. No clue. Gosh. By the way, there was another day where my friend, my buddy, at, at, the Mets used to have this banner day where you, you made your own banner and then you got to walk around Oh, yeah, around they used the to do that at Municipal they Stadium, do that? too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. and I wa- risky. my friend made a banner and we walked the outfield at uh, Shea Stadium. Did they have to really approve cool. the banners to make sure they're not... I don't remember. Vulgar. Like Mike, back then, I don't think anybody Nobody thought cared. to do yeah. what they would do there today. No, yeah, there are no camera phones anyway. So it's yeah. just yeah. like, eh, whatever. Hit one here was the most provocative. With the big bullseye on All right, uh, McNuggets, we're going to do this, Cavs. Cavs. Yeah, you know, such we, a little Cavs. We have, uh, we're going to run through a couple of these things quick. Let's start with the proposed trade by CBS. Then let's get to Jason. Yeah, because we have Josina Anderson coming up at 1230. And we got to do top five, too. So Okay, so let's start with the trade I, yesterday on on cbs their digital platform mm-hmm. um avery johnson who coached colin sexton at alabama in college came on and basically the question to avery was and they do this with all the teams but for this segment it was the trade the sixers need to make this offseason mm-hmm. and he was all in on they need to get colin sexton but in his answer he said something that was to me very telling he said that Colin is done in Cleveland. Hmm. He was definitive about it. Wow. He said that Garland's going to get the extension and that Colin's time in Cleveland is done. And what jumped out of that answer, about that answer to me, is he has a great relationship right. with Colin. And I they might think talk. that they're talking. And he was just so definitive when he said it. I was kind of yeah. taken back by it. He said, Colin's time in Cleveland is done. Hmm. So I, it Jake, got us to thinking, yeah, okay, 76ers. Right. Who from the 76ers would you want in return from, 
for Colin Sexton. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tobias Harris? That's exactly right? that's first, the guy. Yeah, first of all, that's it. I, right. don't, I don't love their roster. I don't think it's a good match. But if you if we are drilling this down, it has to be Philly. Then I would agree it's Tobias Harris. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I think. I don't know who else on there I'd want. Joel Embiid, Perchetti, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would do that. All Tobias right. can play a little bit. He's a little bit. He's, he's a good player. And I think Philly would be open to moving him. He is yeah. a good player. What, who, he's got what some do they gain from that? Why why would they want to make that swap? I think he I think he can play the three a little bit better than Larry Markkinen, mm -hmm. who's, who they're really trying to shoehorn into that spot. I think Tobias is, a, he's still not a natural three, but I think he's a little bit better of a fit there. So that's really what you're doing is you're trying to unlog the jam mm -hmm. you have. Is that? Well, and by the way, it. Yeah. By the way, Tobias Harris, have it. By yeah. the way, when Tobias Harris was in high school and I was working part-time in New York, he used to call me overnights on the radio station. That's why you want him. Well, mm. you want to reunite. Give him, give him a call and see if he, he wants to He would tell me to about his, his like high school basketball. Really? No that's kidding. Interesting. The, the, the reality is when he went to the NBA, I had totally forgotten this and some guy had, who had been producing for me was like, Paul, don't you remember Tobias Harris used to call you and tell you about his basketball in Long Island? Or wow. wow. When he was like in high school, he yeah. would call? That's, he would call. That's so cool. And I wasn't even full time, so it's not like he could call me the same time every week. What was that but kid he, up to I, in high school? I don't know. He's I don't like know. listening to sports self promoter. Self -promoter. Self -promoter. Yeah. Probably. Didn't he enroll in Tennessee early bowl? Like, didn't he skip his senior year of high school? I don't remember, to be honest. I, I didn't remember any of it. Earlier? Somebody had to remind me of this recently. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this may or may not have happened. <laughs> no, it did. I, it did. Once he told me about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him calling, but I didn't remember it was, you know, that I kid, yeah, follow it. Yeah, that is interesting. So is the problem with the Sixers they just don't have depth on their bench and stuff like that, and that's why they want, they're looking to do something like this? Well, I think, I think I tend to agree with Avery. I think he would be a good fit uh -huh. from Philly's side, although him and, I mean, Harden, I have Oof. no, I, I don't know how Daryl Morey can be as intelligent as he is. He keeps getting snookered by but, Jason, you Harden. think Colin Sexton's going to stay. So, that kind of – well, did you? I think – here's – and this kind of leads into – this is where it gets a little bit complicated. I'm really fascinated to see what the contract is that Colin winds up getting because he fired his agent. He, his agent was uh, – he had Zion Williamson's agent and didn't get the contract he wanted last year, fired him and went and got Rich Paul. And Rich, obviously, was one of the biggest power broker mm -hmm. agents in the NBA, but he also represents Darius. So, it's really kind of fascinating where this is going – Avery's right. Darius is getting a max. Like, 601. Sure. They can Do negotiate it. at 6 yep. o'clock. 601. Darius is getting a max. Mm -hmm. Colin's a lot more complicated. And what even further muddies the waters here is the Cavs would like to. It's not a, it's not a sure thing, but they would like to stay out of the luxury tax one more year. And, and try and, and once you hit, once you break that seal and you go into the tax, you're not coming back out. And where that matters is down the road. It doesn't necessarily matter right now, mm -hmm. but it's the repeat offender clause that kicks in four years down the road, and it's real. And, and Dan Gilbert doesn't mind spending. He'll absolutely spend. We know that. But the, but the repeat offender clause even hurts Dan. Becomes more punitive. Yes, it becomes unbelievably more punitive to where it, even he blinked when they were a repeat offender team toward the end of the championship right. window. So you're trying to push that off as long as you can and kick the can down the road. Well, so they're going to be right up against the tax line this year. And, and, and you know, if, if Collins wants 18, 20 million, personally, I'm not giving that to him. If I'm the Cavs, right. I'm right. not giving him 20 million a year to be a right. best player. So that's where something like this then. What then would you comes. give him? How high would you go? I would keep it 15 and under. Yeah. And I know that's, you know, that's what, that's the going rate in, in NBA sixth men. And why do and I get the sense he's not interested in that? I don't think, well, I, I don't necessarily think that he is you know I, he's been a starter his entire career I think he probably wants to be paid like his numbers indicate which is what I was screaming for years like this is not good they've got him in the wrong role this isn't the role he's meant for 
He's putting up a lot of points on a bad team, and now it's time to pay the bill for all that, yeah. for all the propaganda of all the Collins stuff and everything else, which I just thought was outrageous. Well, now it's time to pay the bill on some of that stuff. Right. So I don't know it, where, where, where this is going to go. It is fascinating that Avery's so adamant that he's not coming back. You know, I think that the Cavs want him back if it's the right situation, if it's the right deal, if it's the yeah. right money that we're talking about. But I don't know, you know, with Rich as his agent, <clears throat> I don't know that we're going to get there. And I, I do think this is going to be a really long negotiation, whereas Darius is going to be quick. I think this Colin thing could drag out into the summer. We saw it with Lowry Markkinen last year. When, would, when did that go? That was like August. By the time they came to terms with, with Chicago and the sign and trade and everything right. else, I think Colin could be the same thing where this is really kind of extended. This is not going to end quickly. You are right that his numbers years. are artificially boosted by the fact that he wasn't on a real bad team. He's on team. a terrible It'll team. Be, it, it, it is Let someone else pay, the, pay that bill. It's somewhat reminiscent of, remember when, obviously you remember when the Cavs had Ricky Davis and he was averaging like 26 points. Shooting at the wrong basket. Someone had to shoot score. at the wrong basket. And I love when, <laughs> I remember when we got LeBron, I remember Ricky Davis. This is how delusional that guy was. I remember him saying, I think he's going to blend really well into my game. <laughs> yeah, that is he delusional. He said something like that. Like, he's like, it'll be good to have a little extra score and help behind me oh, in LeBron James. But, like, he had to score. Somebody has to score yeah. on that team, and that was him. But the view him. around the league of Colin is exactly what I'm describing. as a sixth man. Yeah. So, I just don't know. I'm really curious to see how this contract thing goes. Did he fire his agent because his agent was telling him the bad news and he didn't want to hear it? Well, normally you fire your agent because you don't get the contract you want. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and so, so that would probably go, be a byproduct well, of, yeah. of your agent telling you you're a sixth man. I'm looking at Tobias Harris's contract. He's making $38 million next year. He's, so, yeah. well, he's got, he's got uh, three years left on his deal, I think. It's two. Yeah, uh, 38-4 oh, next year and then 41 the year after that. So you're definitely – so now you're probably bringing <coughs> Kevin, Kevin Love into a trades in that right, scenario. Right. Spend Dan Gilbert's money. That. He makes that on Keno in a weekend, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> Right? He Who sold cares? the casinos. He's out of the casino business. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know he, that. I mean, how much, how much better is Tobias Harris as an overall player than Colin Sexton? They're two totally different players. Yeah. I mean, Colin is an undersized combo guard. Right. He can, and, and I think he's got a role on this team. Like, you know, as hard as I've been on him, he could play in the yeah. NBA. He's, he, there were times last year where I was watching the game going, they could really use Colin yep. right now. Just yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Could, Especially late in the year. Give him the ball, get out of his way, let him go get a basket. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's a role for that, but it comes with a certain price. And that's where I think if there is going to be a breakdown, that's where the breakdown is going to occur. Tobias is a completely different player. He's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, range. Mm -hmm. um, he can do more things on the floor, different things on the floor, He's you know, right. than, than what Colin can. Not a terrible three-point shooter. He can shoot the three. So, so we'll wait and see. He's a better all-around player. I would rather have Tobias yeah, Harris. Yeah. You've had team. some time to do some intel on the Cavs draft picks. Now that it's the dust has settled a little bit, you've been poking around. What, what have you found out? Yeah, so, you know, Ochai Abaji obviously was the pick, and it was a little bit surprising only from the fact that he was a four-year guy. And we were talking about Malachi Branham on the show. He was there. He was available to them. And they sort of passed on the upside. This was a very clear pivot in sort of the Cavs' draft philosophy of pivoting on the guy who maybe three or four or five years down the road could be a better player. Yeah. And taking the guy who's better right now. A couple reasons for that. Number one, they're not sure they're going to have the time, court time, or time to devote to letting a guy grow. They need someone who can come in and fill a need for them right now on this team. And they feel like Abaji can do that. And, and the way this story described to me is if you think of when Kyle Korver was here, and I'm not comparing Abaji to Kyle Korver, who's one of the best three-point shooters the NBA's ever right. seen. But just some of his screen actions and the way that he could catch and shoot and the way that he comes off screens and shoots a three and some of the actions that, he, that they could run with him, 
they haven't really had the opportunity to do that. And, and they have willing passers on this team. Darius Garland's a great passer. You know, Jared Allen, I think, is a good passer for a big man. Mobley sees the floor well. So they have guys who can facilitate. They just need the guy on the other end who can knock down the shots, catch-and-shoot type guy. Dylan Windler was supposed to be that guy. He just hasn't panned out. It's one of the few picks, really, that they've missed on. I don't even know if you could call it a miss. He just hasn't been healthy. Right. And so they just feel like Abaji can really fill that role. They know what they're getting with him. Best player on the national championship team. He's a good player. Is his ceiling as that of, no, it's not, or else he wouldn't have stayed four years in college and he would have gone in the top ten. So, but you know what you're getting with him and you're getting a knockdown shooter, uh, which, which this team really sort of needs. You know what I don't like there is whenever I see this, I don't like that he's playing technically small forward probably for us. Or you can put him in the I two. I think he's a two. But regardless... I don't like him seeing like eye to eye with with Commissioner well, Silver. But Adam's tall. I know he's tall. But he's, Adam's I, tall. I just looked it up. It, he's listed at six three. Who knows if he's if he's uh, faking right. that? He, you know, in right. shoes. We don't know. But I want my NBA draft picks to be towering over the commissioner and him <laughs> awkwardly looking up at him and saying congratulations. You know, yeah. I don't like him seeing uh, seeing arm to arm like that. I want I want him to be a little taller. He's probably more of a two than he is. A three. Yeah, but he's supposed and to be this knockdown. He's supposed to be a good defender. He's supposed to be this knockdown. How are you going to get that shot off if you're my height, frankly, well, in the NBA? <laughs> and he's but not he, much of a passer. No, you're not looking at him to be a playmaker yeah. on the wing. No, mm-hmm. you're looking at him to come in and, and make shots. He's he's the three-point shooter that they need. And, yeah. again, it's really sort of the how do you get him open? It's the actions that you run. It's coming off screens and pin downs yeah. and that sort of thing that you think you can get him free and open, get him open looks in this in this system. Overall, any other intel on the other guys in the class? Uh, they liked the the Frenchman, I think. Uh, I can't ever pronounce his name. But he was off the board. We could just call him the Frenchman. The Frenchman's fine. Frenchy. Well, we put that on the back of his jersey, mm-hmm. actually. And I think sort of the way the board fell to them helped make their decision a little bit easier. Because outside of Branham, I don't know if there was another. They had to, they had to go to the 2-3 slot. Like, that's where they were going to go. A 2-3. And the fact that Branham was really the only other one on the board in that range of okay, are we taking upside or are we drafting for right now? And when, uh, when we were on the show, that trade came down where they picked up the 49th pick when we were on the show, and I said, okay, clearly they want to bundle those and try and move up a little bit. Yeah. And then I thought after the show, or they're trying to get back to the bottom of the first round. Turns out neither one of those were true. They just liked the price. They got that, they got that pick, that 49th pick for, I think it was $1.75 million they paid for it. Right. And so they were able to take Isaiah Mobley, Evan's brother, on that. He's probably going to be on a two-way contract next year. The other two guys they took in the second round will be overseas stashes. And they really didn't want to move back up into the first round, the bottom of the first round. They, they say they had opportunities to do that. They didn't really want to because they're high on Ricky Rubio. They want to bring Rubio back. I love hearing that. I'm glad, I do, too. I'm yeah, really glad to hear there's that. There's complications with that. When will he be ready? November, yeah, December? January. Oh, January. So that's part of the complication. Yeah, that's is, tough. You're now you need to get by for half a year without a real true backup point guard. Mm-hmm. It's Colin if he's here. It's Karis Levert trying to hold that role, and that's Ooh. really not his role. Yeah. Well, maybe it's Colin, and then they move him halfway yeah. through the season when if, I mean, that's early Rubio. season anyway. Does it matter January? that much? It's not that early. It's about halfway through the yeah. year. Yeah. So you're going to miss kind of set a year. tone by then too. And 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 also, I think you need to be realistic about what you're getting in Ricky. This is two massive knee mm-hmm. injuries, two serious yeah. knee yeah, injuries he's is. had. Yep. He was playing out of his mind last year. It's the best ball of his career. Are you Great. really? Can you count on that level of play? I'm not but sure. But I want to make here, even from a coaching perspective, still with these young guards. I know that's not might not be worth that money in that roster spot. But I love. What, I think that he's a big reason that they actually clicked last year. They were cooking. I think teams they. You know, think about there. that. Like he, I think he taught them a lot in a short period of time it looked like that to me it looked like they matured 
pretty quickly. He helped them. He helped. He got the ball moving and he helped them play the way that they need to play. But the point I made was your whole season should not come crashing down because no. of Ricky sure. yeah. Rubio. Yeah. That's, fair. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, that's fair. So, you know, let's take a step back here and see what yeah. else this. But to close the loop on why they didn't move up to the bottom of the first round, if they bring Ricky back and if Colin comes back, you're at 14 guaranteed, guaranteed contracts. Yeah. They didn't want to add a 15th. They want to have a little bit of That's roster smart. flexibility. That makes sense. That's why they didn't want to come up to the bottom. Isaiah, the though, is he here? He's here because he's his brother and oh, he's I'm here sure to be friendly and, and hang out. Like, I'm that's sure what that's a is. lot to do with it. He would yeah. not be on this team right now if Evan Mobley were not his brother. He'd be in the NBA. Would he be on this team? You know, no, I'm sure Evan's presence here has, has a lot I love to do it with it. Because I love that my boys are nerds. Mm. And I love that he brought his brother, <laughs> who is also, also a nerd. They're running wind sprints somewhere together yeah. right now. I'm sure it wasn't a situation where Mobley was like, you better draft. No, no, no. No, no, they no. just probably did it. No, but and why not? Yeah, why not? If because at want, that point, it's a total crapshoot anyway. Bring his dad if, in too. Look how youngy. I mean, we forget how young. Yeah. yeah. Go back to when you were a teenage, when you were 20 years old. Now he's yeah. got his brother What here. the hell? I yeah. mean, now he's at least got somebody that's I that mean, he trusts if, implicitly yep. with them. If they're burning a two-way contract on him, they think there's a little bit of right. game. Yeah. Play yeah. a little bit in there. They're I not. Mean, they're well, not. Brad said that you know he watched him at USC and he said this kid's a player. Yeah. I mean, he would play somewhere in the NBA. Yeah, but. Okay, let's do our uh, ultimate five. five before we bring in Josina Anderson. All right, but we're what talking about Luke Travers later on, the Australian guy who looks amazing. We've yeah, we got to talk about Bull Luke. Bull immediately dismissed him I know, because I heard of his haircut. That was my favorite line. He goes, like, I don't want can't him. play. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him. <laughs> he, he looked like a Based guy who we just walked out of the trailer park. I know, but he looks <laughs> like I, you throw a wig on me and I can be a great Luke Travers on this show. I can't. I, I'll come out. I just got to work on my Australian accent. I'll just yeah. be like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. I can't do it. I'm going to. It's not bad. I will figure it out, though. We do need to get my judge, might work. See, that's the problem. I always go Cockney. Yeah, it's different. The I Australian blew. accent. Got to I got to watch Crocodile Dundee too. <laughs> Get in the mood. Yep, just to find that. Then Paul use my Hogan judge Jay Wig, and there you go. You're set. Hello. <laughs> hey, I'm with Polk. Yeah. I saw the hair. I was like, this dude's a winner. Guy's like, amazing. You cannot go wrong. I love it. Like I've that. never seen him play, but I love his game. He's got the flow. I'm with you. Yeah. He's got Polk, the flow. real quick. I know you said you've never seen his game. What type of player do you think he is? Like, what what would you guess his game is? Deli. Um, I'd they're say all, they're all that way. I, no, I don't think he's just, he's too lanky and uh, he, they haven't played. Uh, they actually had him playing point guard. I read for a while too, which is hilarious. Can't you see this guy I, having an? Um, um, he's the guy that he guards you and you want to punch I, him in the face because he he's all over me you. Of, uh, There's Uncle no space. Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Physically, yeah, well, I think, yeah, Rico. right, no doubt. But no, he. I'm I'm excited to watch him and I I could see him being like a fan favorite when we get him up here, get that dude to the Cleveland Charge and people will be selling t-shirts with that goofball face on By the way, later I have to, at some point I have to tell the story about when I did a, an escape room with Napoleon Dynamite. Oh my gosh, that must be. Well, let's do top five. Yeah. If we would have won the Josina States. Josina is already yet, like you will tell that story. <laughs> that was and a highlight. Hey, real quick, before Josina comes on, let's, uh, yeah. let's give Josina oh, some love. Wow. She tweeted she was coming on. One nice. Oh, listen, Josina's nice. the best. And announced she was joining the show, so. She is the Good. best. You guys are going to love her. Good. All right, so today's Ultimate Five is sponsored, as always, by Ooh, our favorite Roundstone Insurance. Roundstone offers a better alternative like for affordable health care. For more than a decade, Roundstone Insurance has been saving Roundstone. mid and small mm-hmm. businesses money up to 20%. Yeah, an average of 20%. 20%. Contact us today to learn how you can get great health care benefits that your business? employees will love and save money, too. Jason, great G. Bush impression. Thank How's you. your Warren mm-hmm. sap? <laughs> pretty, I can't do it. That's pretty damn good, though. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as not as good as Garrett. Yeah, we miss you, mate. We miss you. <laughs> All right, what's the top five? So today? today's top five. I was on a Zoom call with Steve Becker after the show yesterday, and Steve Becker's son, Luke, said, "Hey, Luke, 
talking to me. I have a top five for you. Is that the kid that has a mullet? He has a great. He looks like the Cavs draft pick. Uh, so yeah, our EP's hair. child is dictating our show now. That's great. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's let it roll, baby. <laughs> All right, sure. Well, he said it'd be a great ultimate five to do the most annoying fan bases. So I said, okay, you know what, Luke? That's a good ask topic. You shall good receive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's start with number five, including myself here, Yankees fans. We are. Beyond the insufferable. I don't yeah. know how the Yankees fans are not number one, but all right. Yeah, I think they're too, that's too low. So we're drilling down by team, not even city. We're no, going it's by team, team specific. Team, team okay. Specific. Okay. okay. New York has two fan bases: Yankees, Giants, Jets. Mets, Jets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the yeah. Mets, Jets fans aren't as obnoxious as the Yankee Giants. Now, there's some crossover, but generally, very little. If you're a uh -huh. Giants fan, you're a Yankee Giants, fan. Giants, and if you're a Mets so fan, you're a Jets fan. That's so it is. There is. I do know some people that that crisscross. I used to play a game because so many people at ESPN are from New York. When I would yeah. find out they were from New York, I would wait maybe two or three days, and then yeah. I would say, "You are a Mets." Jets, mm. huh? Like, wow! How did you know? Man, I'm telling you, you talk about inferiority complex. Oh yeah, they, no it doubt. just reeks. It you can smell it when it, yeah. they walk in a room. Yeah. yeah, and you can smell the Yankee it, giant obnoxious. Oh god! But fans. it takes oh, more bravery to be a Mets fan. So why is there Way insecurity more. there? Wait, right. but well, it's yeah. just there's in it's it, it's an inferiority complex because uh -huh. they have to watch the Giants and the Yankees right. win everything. Mm, that so, would be right. trying. Okay, um, number four. Yeah, what gets worse? Number four, and we're going to fly through these because Josina's sure. getting okay. ready right now. Okay, so we're great. fly through these. Number four, we mentioned this before, Mississippi State fans, Cowbells, they drive me they're crazy. I don't really hate That's them. That's an irrelevant Terrible. franchise. Yeah, they're irrelevant. Okay. Yep, I don't hate them at all. Don't belong in the Number list. three, I'll hate them just for fun. Okay. <laughs> they have Cowbells. There's too many Cowbells. We don't need okay. Cowbells in this world. All right, number three, Steve, let's take it. This is a personal one for me, but it also applies to everyone else here. Patriot fans and Steelers fans for the same reasons of why they're obnoxious. They win too much. They brag. They don't understand what defeat is. Mm -hmm. I hate them all. Yeah, they're I don't mind comparing them together. You don't mind yeah. that? I don't mind it. Yeah. I think Patriot fans are worse than Steelers fans. but uh, I, I, would, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, I think that's pretty accurate. All right, number, number, number two. Number three or number – that was number three. Number two. Number two, once again, this is personal. This was my most annoying fan base. Oh, Texas okay. Longhorn fans his. suck. They're the worst. Yeah, yeah they're irrelevant. Because, yeah, just some weird. They're like they're no, irrelevant. Whatever. We don't yeah. care about they're them. They're They don't so win. He didn't like. They're not a there. rivalry. But yeah. That's why they're annoying. They don't win, yet they still talk like they're. The well, if, you, if that's the, the case, put Notre Dame fan in. Notre there. Dame should be. Notre, Notre, Notre Dame fans. fan every year is like we're going to love it at all, and the yeah. media they'll be like seven and three, and they're number four. Notre yeah. Dame was number six. They're the ones that just made the. Oh, mission. they're real way more obnoxious than. I hate know. them too. Nope. All right, number one though, I think we could all agree. Sorry, Steve, but Eagles fans are the absolute worst of all fans. They're mean. They're disrespectful. They take stupid. They're attacks. stupid. Yeah. They booed Santa Claus. I don't Santa yeah. Claus. They cheered when Michael Irvin was laying on the turf, not moving. Yeah, I, I, don't I mean, know. do you want me to infuriate everybody? Sure. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Ohio State's got to be on that. Listen, list. listen. They're it, the most. I'm glad you were the bad guy. I don't. It's true. They're I, the most insufferable, obnoxious fan. And I am I one. I actually don't know. I, I have had to defend They're Ohio awful. State fan for the last 30 years. And most of them are the ones that didn't actually go. Yes, that's right. They didn't go there. The ones that went to Ohio State are okay. It's the ones who didn't go to Ohio State are just. Jason and I walked Miserable around Kent people. State together for seven years each, <laughs> and, and we both had to see people wearing Ohio State stuff. We're like, we are at a Division One football school. It's terrible, but you went here. You you are going to this school right now. At least wait until you're not enrolled before you start wearing other schools. You, you could put Ohio State in the top three, and I would be totally like, that's yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah. I really did not. He didn't want to take the research, hit. I did. He's trying they to ingratiate himself to the fans. Yeah, exactly. That's why you Pittsburgh. Know, you're Jay, from here. Jay, you this, can get away this, with this that. will. I, I want to see if this drives you as crazy as it, it does me. Yeah. 
when Ohio State loses the first game of the year, I don't care whether it's Urban, I don't care who was the coach. They lose the first game of the year, whether it was week three or week 11. Mm-hmm. He's got to go. Fire him. He's got to go. Fire him. I mean, look, did you see that the quarterback? Yeah, Fire it's un- him. It's unreal. Yep. Remember how they did JT Barrett? Remember how they did JT Barrett? It's a great example. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're not allowed to have an incompletion. And I covered yeah. Ohio. I actually covered Brian Hartline at Ohio State. I covered Ohio State for 10 years, yeah. and I got all the hate mail. So yeah. I know. I covered them for five years in, when I worked at Channel 10 yeah. in Columbus. But listen, Ohio you State. You Kent could not State. go on air and say anything oh, even remotely negative no. about them. You'd Kent be fired. St- Kent State will probably see you at your homecoming game so you can beat the crap out of us. <laughs> that's usually how we roll. Yeah, that's how, But it's a hell of a check. You get and a million oh, bucks yeah. to get your. We'll go get massacred. Down all right, there. Uh, we're really pumped because our next guest is not just. Just a, a personal friend of mine, but she's I think she's the hardest working woman in in NFL media. She's listen to her jobs. She's the senior NFL insider for USA Today NFL insider for CBS Sports headquarters. She's host of of the crew and undefined with Josina Anderson. Whew. She's also my former colleague and a terrific person. Josina Anderson. Welcome to the ultimate Cleveland sports hey. show. It is great to see you again. What's up? Can you guys hear me? Okay. My oh, camera is a little it. different. Because I couldn't no. get it to connect to my, my camera, my studio. But I'm on the laptop camera right now. You so look fine. great. We can hear you. Everything. It's great to see you. How okay. you been? Everything good? Well, uh, let me turn off my phone because Twitter notifications are going <laughs> crazy. But, you know, as you know, this is typically the rest period uh, before uh, training camp starts. And, you know, none of the media are obviously covering the Browns uh, who are covering uh, the Washington Commanders, the Texans. Uh, I think the Ravens and the Cardinals don't think anybody doing any of those stories are getting any rest right now. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no rest for no. for you guys, especially right now. So empty your reporter notebook. I love about this hearing that's going on with uh, with the NFL today and the Deshaun Watson incident. What can you tell us? Yeah, so I mean, we know that uh, Sue Robinson is having the opportunity to talk to Deshaun Watson uh, herself uh, in person. Uh, Sue Robinson is the uh, jointly appointed hearing officer from both the NFL and the NFLPA. And really, uh, she's the kind of first stopgap in this new process that is under the kind of uh, the CBA that was obviously redone in, in 2020 uh, with this case of kind of giving us an opportunity to see how something like this would flow through how they're doing things now. And the reason why I say she's kind of that first stop gap is because uh, when she makes her findings, uh, she determines that there is a violation. Um, then Roger Goodell, after that, has the opportunity to weigh in, whether he keeps it the way it is, goes up or down. But if she determines that there is no violation, Uh, then that's kind of the final ruling right there. Um, You know, one of the things that I just tweeted before coming on your show uh, is that we, at least the expectation going into this hearing off, uh, into this hearing with Deshaun Watson is that the NFL uh, was expected to focus on five women uh, of the 24 um, that obviously involve the uh, civil litigations that at least before settling 20 of them that Deshaun Watson uh, was facing. And, um, and of those two, at least if nothing has changed with their strategy, um, that two of those five were uh, uh, women who had their cases dismissed by two separate uh, grand juries uh, uh, per league uh, sources in the conversations that I've had. Um, And uh, we're also expecting at least uh, from Deshaun Watson's side uh, for there to be a presentation eventually at some uh, point uh, for them to present uh, what they feel are uh, their purported mistruths and the allegations that Deshaun Watson has been facing. And, and then the last point that I just pointed out on Twitter 
was that obviously per the report from the Wall Street Journal that the NFL was expected to uh, pursue an indefinite suspension for a minimum of a year. And that uh, tactically, obviously, on the other end, that Deshaun Watson is expected to, uh, at least his side is expected to argue for zero games at the opposite spectrum of that, you know, kind of per how you would expect a negotiation to go. And, and the last point is that uh, there's still, even though I did report that uh, talks did fall apart, heading into this hearing, um, there's always at least mechanically still the opportunity for a settlement before Sue Robinson comes to her findings. Justine, do you think that we will, so let's say when Sue Robinson comes to whatever penalty she thinks there should be, do you think that will get out there initially or, or will the league put that out there or is we gonna have to wait for somebody like you to break the news on that or will the league just try to, if they don't, if the league doesn't like what she what her penalty is that she's suggesting will they ignore it not put it out and then just no i i yeah yeah so i expect since this hearing officer is jointly appointed right she's there to provide a buffer (laughs) before roger goodell so it would make sense to then make you know that known whether it comes out from the league saying it and obviously we're in the process but i would expect that and even if it doesn't we'll find out anyways um but yes i expect for us to know because she's there to provide a buffer for then the league to bounce off of that and be like well this is what she said now this is what we say you see what i'm saying so that uh, why not use that (laughs) so one of the two sides will leak it yeah oh yeah yeah, if, if not officially presented by the NFL. I mean, if you remember, you know, in the Ezekiel Elliott case, we were able to read kind of how that went. I believe in the Miles Garrett. I believe in Tom Brady. So there have been instances where we have heard what has happened uh, behind the scenes by, a, you know, a written uh, decision. Um, I would expect that to be the case here. I can't say that I know that for sure. I'm just, you know, thinking common sense. It would make sense for at least the league, at least the league to have that be known. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll know that before the end of this week? I mean, is that going to happen that quickly or is it still going to be more time, you think? So I have, you know, league sources that are saying, and of course, just because this is what they're saying doesn't mean it will ultimately flow that sure. way. But at least the expectation is for us to, you know, have some sort of understanding before the July 4th um, holiday. Will it go that way? You know, that's what they're striving for at this point. Um, And then because it makes sense and also what I've heard is, you know, the goal is to have, you know, the Browns and the teams associated with figuring all this out, because obviously there are multiple people connected to this, including Baker Mayfield, to have an understanding of, you know, where all this sits prior to training camp. That's the goal. Will it end up that way? We'll see. Do you get a sense, Josina, of just how strong the Watson camp believes his case is? I know you said that at some point during this hearing that he'll have the opportunity to present what they believe will be mistruths to try to shoot down some of these allegations. How, how much confidence do they have in their set of truth, in their set of facts? I, I, I've never heard any equivocations, <laughs> at wow. least per how they feel about uh, you know, their side, um, what we've heard direct from Deshaun Watson's mouth um, in his introductory press conference. And then also when he spoke uh, during the first day of mandatory camp, and I was there for that in person. Um, I think uh, Deshaun Watson has continued to try to show at least, especially the second time that he spoke, um, his uh, understanding for the sensitivity of what's being discussed, especially when he was asked that question about whether he has any regrets 
um, about saying he didn't have any regrets. And I believe that answer was, I understand why people were triggered by that answer, but he still asserted that uh, he did no wrongdoing. And to that end, per what you're hearing from his own mouth, um, at least when I've talked to sources relative to how they feel about that in that vein, and some of the things that I think will uh, come to be revealed with respect to the evidence that they present, I have not heard any equivocation. Justina, we've heard over and over and over the league is pushing for a year, a minimum of a year suspension. If that's the case, then it's going to be a year because Roger can just change whatever decision Sue makes. Is that, I mean, what am I missing here? Well, the thing for, we're there, first of all, we have to hear from Sue first and she could fall anywhere on that spectrum. Okay, like, so let's just say, and I'm not saying this is uh, what she'll do, but just to give you an example, and I tweeted this, you know, what if Sue Robinson shows deference to the fact that Deshaun Watson still has pending litigation and she feels that any findings from her would be prejudicial to what's still ongoing? Hmm. Mm, what number would that be? Yeah. What if, you know, Sue Robinson uh, feels like on the other end of that, and I don't know, that 24K, you know, 24 allegations is 24 allegations, and, you know, she, she goes that way because she's deferential to a number. You know, so that's why I'm just saying, especially to try to stay in the middle here, is that we really first and foremost need to hear what Sue Robinson thinks Nobody knows what Sue Robinson thinks, but assuming that there's not a settlement before she comes up with a decision where she stakes that flagpole along that spectrum will, I, I think, then give us an idea of where or where not the league or Roger Goodell can maneuver, at least trying to show some deference to a degree of what Sue says. This obviously is not a does court that make of, sense? Yeah, it yeah. does. It yeah. does. Mm -hmm. And this is this is not a court of law. So these 20 cases that have been dismissed, do we have any idea how much impact those are going to have? I know they're focusing on these four or five cases, but there are still 20 cases out there and all the allegations are known and they're all public. So even though those cases are settled, the horses are still out of that barn. How much of an impact are those 20 settled cases going to have on any sort of verdict? Do we have any idea? So a couple of things. One, uh, the NFL spokesman, I believe uh, Brian McCarthy tweeted um, I believe that was on the 21st of June, um, that the settled cases are to bear no impact on the process. So that was from the league. And that's kind of when I heard that statement, that's what kind of led me to make some more calls because I, I just felt it was that was interesting timing saying that relative to just what you said, the power that they hold at, at least at the end of this process. So I, I thought that was interesting. But I think an even more interesting question for me is, even though uh, he was facing 24 civil lawsuits, why is the league, at least per the expectation of what we're hearing, why are they just focusing on five? Yes, yeah, I, I found that interesting too. Like, have they already <laughs> right. dismissed? Because I think you said that we, we know that at least two of those five were pursuing criminal charges in the indictment of which on two, two cases, there were no charges handed out. Two separate out. grand juries, right, right. Uh, yeah. determined to, uh, you know, that there was no, it wasn't to be followed up with an indictment. It was a no bill or what have you. Unless, you know, somewhere in this process, you know, they're changing their, you know, um, 
the strategy or what have you. But that's what I was hearing per the expectation going into the hearing. But I do think that is a, is a question is, you know, we all have been talking about all of these, you know, uh, ladies that have the, the right to say what they feel. And certainly their oral testi testimony is um, worthy of being uh, heard. Um, but I do think it's an interesting objective question to ask, given that totality, why is the league focusing on just the amount that we're expected to, um, for them to be, you know, following, so to speak. It, it is an interesting distinction for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that we know could happen here, it's, it's very unlikely. In fact, no one on this panel thinks it's possible at all that Sue Robinson says there's absolutely no punishment in order here. We expect that she'll say somewhere, where will she, in your words, put the flagpole? We think there will be mm -hmm. a number of games. At that point, that allows the appeal. And we know that Roger Goodell then could hear the appeal himself and rule, or he could appoint someone else. I can't mm -hmm. imagine, Josina, just on the optics alone. Now you know why this got to get done before July 4th, at least the Sue <laughs> yeah. Robinson, or at least you would think, to stay on, to stay on time. No, you know it, what I'm makes saying? Sense. <laughs> it makes sense. But mm -hmm. I can't imagine a scenario where Roger Goodell says that he will hear the appeal and make the ultimate decision. The optics of that particularly what's going on with the NFLPA saying we are going to bring up the previous allegations against owners and how they were judged. I can't imagine that Roger Goodell would make the ruling himself. Am I, he, he certainly will appoint someone else to hear that appeal, won't he? I mean, I, I'm not sure. I think that's why I just keep going back to it really just depends on what Sue says and where that number like, you know, let, let's say hypothetically, she were to say four games, you know, that lever is more on the, that flagpole is more on the other side. Then that gives some room for Roger to still optically look like he's coming down hard. <laughs> so that, that you see what I'm saying? I just, I just think that we just need to wait until we hear from Sue that, you know, presumably assuming there's no settlement before that. And that will give us some indication of where we think that it will go. Um, you know, Roger was just before Congress, you know, speaking about the, you know, the situation with Daniel Snyder and the Washington commanders who, by the way, they're trying to figure out how to way to, you know, get to France and serve him that subpoena. That's a whole other thing. Deshaun Watson, at least per reports, at least is, you know, attending this hearing. Um, but, uh, but I think we just, you know, I, given the fact that that has occurred, you know, with Roger Goodell. And we know that the league overall is sensitive to optics and sensitive to the entire picture. You know, that could also stand to reason why he may want to do it himself. So I, I, I just think we have to wait. You know what I mean? Josina, um, just imagine they drop the hammer. We lose Watson for the whole year. How do you, how deep do you think the Baker Mayfield led Browns can go into the playoffs this oh, year? Oh my God. <laughs> The Baker, hey, listen, I have been talking about this. You know, I, I saw the comments that Baker Mayfield said that he today, at least I haven't seen all of them. So I will, I haven't seen everything because I'm running to get ready for your show and, 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 other, and other things that I've got after this. But my, but I did see at least in a tweet where he said he thinks both sides are ready to move on, but potentially, you know, uh, it would be, you know, the Browns would need to reach out more or something like that. I know I'm not, you know, quoting that right. I don't have it right in front of me. That's, but, that's accurately paraphrased. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, but, 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 you know, that, that, that's mostly the sentiment, right? So yeah. here's the thing. Baker Mayfield, part of the reason why I feel like he knows he needs to say that Baker Mayfield's under contract. He doesn't get to get dictate where he goes. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. You're in the contract. You you, uh, you have unless you don't want that 18 point. I mean, he could give it to me. I'll take the 18 million. <laughs> but he, he, you know, 18.858 million. You see, the Browns are paying that anyway. So I think, as I said on uh, Colin Coward show yesterday, I think it behooves the Browns to figure out what's going on with Deshaun. And then we'll go from there. They still have to get something that they feel is proportionate or commensurate with your value in order to give you away because we know they're not going to give you away because they're going to pay you anyways. We've been talking about that. That doesn't make any sense. So everything has to make sense. And what if that includes, you know, them telling you you need to come back? Boom. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and, And then we are going to find out where Baker Mayfield stands, I'm sorry, you know, my, my boss at CBS always tell me I'm talking with my hands too much. My hands. <laughs> no, I love it. You love it. It shows passion. Uh-huh. Be yourself, Joe. Be yourself. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but, what, but what I'm saying is, is that we are going to find out where Baker Mayfield stands relative to how he wants to handle this for somebody who is under contract because eventually the deadline for training camp will come up. And yeah. so we will see. And I just think that, you know, listen, there are many of us who in our careers feel disrespected, awkward to come to work, not just this, not just that, you know what I'm saying? This is not fair or whatever. And you know what we all have to do? Go to work. To Shut work. up and go to work. Talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. We gotta come to work. So yeah. I'm so tired. Listen, I have, look, I'm, I'm down the middle, but with regards to this issue, I'm just tired of people saying, oh, it's gonna be, it's awkward. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? In the sense that we, there's, in America, in this world, we all, many of us have to deal with that. So we'll see uh, how Andrew Barry decides to handle this relative to what is on the table at the time of training camp. And if he feels that is enough to pull the lever for somebody who was a first round number one overall pick. <laughs> so see that I know you've mentioned I, on Twitter a couple of times, you've mentioned Seattle. We've talked about Seattle here if he does get traded. Carolina has certainly been mentioned. We were talking yesterday about, hey, both these teams want to get rid of these quarterbacks. Would it make sense to swap Baker for Jimmy Garoppolo? Would that make, you know, what's the latest on on Seattle? And would that make any sense of Baker for Garoppolo switch? I don't think that it makes sense for uh, Baker if, the if you're getting rid of Garoppolo because you intend to focus on Trey, right? right. And that's why you're getting rid of Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy has led the 49ers to two uh, what Super Bowls? Am I am I correct on that? One Have, Super we, Bowl. With, uh, another one Super Bowl. And, and and thank you. That, yeah. Okay, so very close. Mm-hmm. All right, and. Uh, at least when you're talking about the arms race that happened this offseason with the way that the Rams stocked up the Raiders, I mean, all of these teams, you know, and I've had these conversations with 49ers sources or whatever, went down at the uh, owners meeting for West uh, in West Palm Beach. Uh, my personal opinion is I think that Jimmy still gives you the best opportunity relative to the competition when we get to the postseason to be competitive. So if you were doing that, you're saying that you're focusing on Trey, and I don't know if that's the best scenario for Baker. I, I, I don't know that that necessarily uh, makes sense relative to everything that they gave up to give to Trey and then what uh, uh, Cleveland would need in exchange to make that make sense. I, I, you know, I'd have to kind of go through and look at you know, what their, uh, their draft compensation is. But I know that they gave up a lot to give Trey. You know what, what I mean? What about Seattle? Uh, 
uh, as I reported, high level of interest, they they would like him. But, you know, people keep talking about, you know, this is about the money and whatever, because it's depending on how much a team will take on or whatever. And technically that's true, but it's really not the case. Um, this is about principle, pride and philosophy. The Browns, per my understanding, have the most cap room uh, in the league at like 42 or whatever. It's 40 plus million when you factor in the Austin Hooper contract. The Panthers have 25. The Seahawks can do this. Even if you pay for half for Baker, half of 18 is nine. When you look at the fact that right now there's seven quarterbacks earning over 40 million a year for to be a starter. Nine million is nothing. Yeah. Even if you're paying 75% of 18, that is nothing. We're not fighting over money. We're fighting on what we think we should do because we know that eventually you would like to get rid of Baker. It's not about the price. It's about what I think or I feel I should pay. <laughs> so week one, September, what's your best guess? Where's Baker? Cleveland, Seattle, Carolina, San Francisco, or somewhere else? Well, one thing I think we haven't mentioned a lot is, uh, you know, it, uh, is the interesting kind of connection here between Scott Fitter, who uh, works with the Panthers, and John Schneider, right? Now they're kind of, they used to work together, now they're on the opposite ends of this. So it'll be interesting if behind the scenes, if one kind of starts cranking up on the other, right? I was reporting that I was hearing that the Seahawks are open to, you know, a contract extension with the Seahawks. You know, I, I, I know per the history of the Panthers and what they were able to get done with Teddy Bridgewater and bringing down his number before he went down to the Broncos, it makes sense that they would try that with Bay right and whether that's flying or not so behind the scenes now let's watch the mechanics of how both of them you know maybe try to uh go up on each other you know so to speak to either get this done or not done per pride and philosophy and principle based on the conversations with andrew you know what i'm saying does that yeah. make sense yeah yeah so yeah and so and this and this is why you kind of have to watch those lines and the and the history and and the relationships behind the scenes because sometimes they can kind of tell you things too you know what i mean yeah so is that your bet where it'll be on on opening day i think uh, i i mean as of right now um and per i feel like a report that also came out uh before although i don't have it right in front of me i believe that there was a report that had said that uh well one i know aaron wilson recently said that there's mutual interest with baker mayfield and the seahawks and i believe that there's a report a few weeks ago talking about after the colts had gotten uh matt ryan that now baker preferred to go to the seahawks whatever i think that that's you know the case um in terms of the assets that are there with tyler right. lockett the you know it makes sense so if you're asking me you know, if it were, that's what I would predict now, but certainly things can change, you know what but, I mean? Because it's not up to Baker. <laughs> but but the one the one thing that I take away from it is, and, and you're plugged in, you're talking to a lot of different teams, you don't think that the, sh the ship has completely left the port that there is a Baker and Browns reunion. Am I reading that right? Because I think that even if there's a 1% chance, there's still a chance. And I just, I just, I just think, I just think that when you apply common sense, <laughs> You know, yes, the Browns do believe in Jacoby Brissett. They believe he's one of the best, uh, you know, not that he can't be a starter, but relative to the role that he's in now, uh, that he's one of the best number two quarterbacks in the league. But the problem is behind Jacoby Brissett, you have Josh Dobbs, who's never started a game. And even though we've got confidence and you're going to say all the coach speak, the reality is he's never started a game. Mm -hmm. So if Jacoby Brissett gets hurt, what? you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you have to cover yourself. I mean, I... I, I try to report and think on things that make sense. I've heard <laughs> you know that too, but boy, they kill me for it. But if Deshaun ends up, you know, 
it, it goes in a way that you know has him for an out for an extended period of time it would make sense for you to tell baker mayfield to pick up his pill and come to work until we figure this out and yes. oh by the way these comments that baker mayfield keeps making about i think it's time that we both move on baker if you would like to leave cleveland which we know that you would those comments are not helping mm -mm. the compensation that andrew barry needs to get in order to get you to in order to ship you off which yeah. is not in your power so no. you, that's not helping. Great point. <laughs> I, I think it's very, very interesting, though, that he said, you know, I, I would I would talk if they if they reached out to me. They haven't reached out to me. To and, me. And, and oh, by the way. I, yeah, that just says yeah, there's, there's sorry, a chance Jay. that they could fix this thing. Well, Jay, and, and I won't go into the specifics. And I know people getting on me about Twitter. Oh, you tweet these things and you don't follow up on it. Well, mm -hmm. first of all, I, I don't do that to tease. I really don't do that to tease. Sometimes I say that because I, I'm literally just like you all. I'm reacting to things, right? And sometimes, you know, not everything is at the point where I can say certain things on Twitter. It just is what it is. That's part of being an insider, right? Nope. But but my point is, but but relative to what I did say, and I know your show ends at 1 o'clock, is that... Um, is and that uh, that never stops us? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that uh, is is that that that's just not you know my understanding. I think the way that that is making it sound um, as if there's been no reach out on the Browns' behalf relative to how I just know how things were going down before mandatory camp. I just mm. I, I don't know. He might say that that's not what he was intimating, but if that was what he was intimating, then uh, that's not uh, in accordance with my understanding. By the way, this is this is exactly what I'll read the tweet here. It's a, it's a, mm -hmm. I, I, this guy Casey Murdoch from Oklahoma says, "I asked Baker if there was any chance for a reconciliation with the Browns if they were without their quarterback this season." He said, "The Browns would have to reach out to start that process." Mayfield said he has moved on. Mm -hmm. So that's the exact. Yeah. So I feel like well, if that is there. the yes, there's a yeah. chance, but I've moved on. Yeah. Right. But he's also saying there's a chance. Well, Bull, I Bull think doesn't want to focus on okay, that part. So just the, so just to kind of get to the the last part of that statement yeah. again, what that the last part of that is, what that intimates is um, different from my understanding based on how things were going down before mandatory camp. And yeah. then to what Jay was saying, as far as that sounding uh, diametrically opposing, I think it's it, you feel that because Baker knows that it's not in his power. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So you're saying, just to clarify, Jesse, you're saying. That based on your sources, the Browns would would have been willing to have him at mini camps, or they were they were talking to him, and he was not he was not reciprocating, or am I getting that? I right? don't want to get I don't want I don't want to get into details. I would just say the way that, uh, uh, because again, I, I'd have to kind of go back and I got circle around, and then yeah. if you know got the green light, whatever. But um, but I would just say that per my understanding, the way he's intimating that. It's contrary to my understanding. You can take from whatever. Okay, you yep, want I'll take that. Yep. Delicately right put. Yeah. By the way, Josina, before you go, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you have bro you have not not only broken into a field, you've destroyed a field uh, in a positive way. Destroyed, like you busted down the door of a field that has been a male-dominated field. Right? You're an you're an NFL insider, and from my perspective, which you know, I don't know you personally, and I don't know the truth. But it seems to me, I've been saying this for a while, that you seem to be the most connected insider of everybody, especially on the players' side. I feel like the players really trust you. They're very comfortable. Now, I don't know that for a fact because you, you have these relationships I don't. Is that accurate? And how did you make that happen? Because that's not an easy thing to do, obviously. 
Well, first of all, I appreciate the kind words. I won't assert whether that's true or not. I'll just take that to be, you know, what you think. And I, and I appreciate that. But as far as how, um, you know, that came to be, you know, I would just say quickly that, you know, originally started off as a, a basketball uh, insider, <laughs> contrary to what people know. And then, you know, when I went to Fox in Denver, I broke the story about um, Ricky Williams being gone for the whole year when he was running back for the Dolphins. Sure. And um, and that got me on cold pizza, which I, that's when I first met Jay. <laughs> right. And she killed it. <laughs> because Very of that story. And, you know, ever since it kind of just ballooned from there. I was like, oh, you all, you, you know, you like that. And, and so I just kind of, you know, went with that. And I think after that, one of my next big stories was Larry Johnson being out for the year for the Chiefs, the running back. Yeah. And Herm Edwards was the head coach at the time. And then they tried to shoot down my story like, who's this girl from Denver? Who does she think she is? And then they waited. I remember this stuff to December 24th before they put out the release, uh, attesting to the fact that it was true. And then it went on from there. And I was broken this story, broke that story, whatever, whatever. And then uh, Peter King and then Jason Whitlock at the time, they write these articles about this girl. And then, you know, not do Showtime, the ESPN. So, and then the rest is history. So that's kind of how it was. But I would just say lastly to that end was just that, and I'll say this to reporters who are, or young reporters who are listening or what have you. Uh, one of the things that I think is crucial in that is that when uh, I was covering the local team in Denver, typically, you know, what you do is you follow the team that's you're locally there and geographically bound to cover, what have you. But I really made it a point and still to to this day, uh, especially if I'm in a city, is I, I was making a point to always go to the opposing locker room. That's how, you know, and just to continue to build my sources when the other people would come in from other towns, because I already got the Broncos. I'm trying to find out everybody else. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Thank you, Justina. That was awesome. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I had a front row seat for all of that. I remember vividly when we brought Josina on, everybody was asking, who is this? And I said, if you read her on a regular basis, you'll know she's dialed in and she's got incredible sources and contacts. And I've been so proud to watch us from a distance you develop into the insider that you are. You, you do a marvelous job, and uh, I mean, she's I'm, a megastar now. She, she is, yeah. yeah. She's she's just huge. All and right, you guys. She does it by by being fair to the players, yeah. And um, and they've earned her trust. I've yeah, talked to no players. Doubt. She's gonna get what, a big head, you guys. Well, no, keep doing. <laughs> one thing I can tell you about Jacinda. No, but you won't. know, I want to say won't. that Jay was is equally as great. You know what I'm saying? You know, just as far <laughs> as always being away, very agree to disagree. I mean, I want to be a mutual flower throwing session, but and I'm sure you. I know there that that Jay is just a, a genuinely a, you know a great person and trust me y'all know I say how I feel I don't feel like about everybody no I, yeah. I, you just say <laughs> nothing you, know. you hated him you just wouldn't say anything that's right right no no no, no. Jojo no, great I, to see well, you again well, and we'll have you back yes, we we'll have you back so yes I appreciate it I'm be ready for my calls one that I'm late for all right so we talk you were soon. wonderful <laughs> yeah thank, thank you, you. Josina she's Anderson great. does a terrific job she really does McNuggets you have your hand up yeah real quick we're gonna run through final takes everyone gets a minute but before that, breaking news, the Cavaliers have extended a qualifying offer to Colin Sexton, making him a restricted free agent. So yeah, yeah. We expected it, that. but just yeah. it's now officially official. Had to do it. Right. We have final takes. Everyone goes. We Bull. have four and a half minute. minutes, six and a half minutes. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. All right, there's a major problem that I want to warn a lot of you about. Uh, It's rather distressing, but uh, let me just lay this out there. When you turn 50, you're going to start peeing every hour. Here we go. Okay. Um, I have a major urination problem. I have to see a doctor. Maybe it's more serious. I don't know. Hmm. I woke up not one, not two, but three times last night to pee. Okay. I ate an entire cantaloupe yesterday. That's very. That's a very water-based cantaloupe. Very water-based fruit. Size of chicken football. nuggets. Mm-hmm. I, I I went to bed at 10:30. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bed early tonight. Doing good. You know, the Guardians game was a disaster, so I shut it off early. <laughs> Go to bed at 10:30. I wake up, I'm like, oh, it's morning. I'm like, oh, it's 12.30. And then I woke up at 2.30, and then I woke up at 4.30. Uh, what is happening? And this is your future, people. This is your future. And it gets worse. Oh, my God. I'm 56. I'll be 57 in a week. That's I don't know what's going to happen when I turn 60. It's ugly, Hang in bro. brother. I got to go right now. That's, Are we done yet? We're hurrying. That's the march of time. <laughs> Cleveland, I have a final take for you guys. Here, I love you. You know that. But at the same time, we got to talk about something. Priorities, people. You uh, built that rock. We taxpayer funded that beautiful rocket mortgage arena. You're welcome, everyone. You want us to build a new Brown Stadium with tax dollars. Okay, we'll talk about that, too. Put a dome on it. Keep it downtown. Please don't put that in Independence. I'll never go there. Next. But here's what you need to prioritize. Can we get some parking meters that don't run on coins? Yeah! What are we doing? What is this, 1987? Are you kidding me? I've still got to bring a pocket full of loose change downtown if I want to support local businesses. I have not gone to restaurants before because I'm downtown. I'm like, I don't have a quarter. I can't go into that restaurant because you know what will happen if I do? I'll get another ticket. Also, can someone help me pay these off? If anyone is watching from the city and you'd be willing to make these go away somehow, maybe I can hook it up, get you some ultimate Cleveland uh, sports show merch or something like that. But please get with the times. And by the times, I mean the 1990s, and get some credit card-based oh parking so meters. It's not too much to ask. Final take. That's so it's true. It's a scheme it to, is. to get the parking tickets. Yeah. I it's know. It's a racket. It's all criminal. Assist. All right. Here's my final take. I need to understand better how we come about with, with tipping. Because I'm a big tipper, 20% minimum. But I got to thinking about it. If I buy a $75 bottle of wine, why do I have to tip more because they went, Exactly. As opposed to like these poor people that work at Bob Evans who yes. just run and run and run and run for like $5. Just I, as much work. We don't, I don't understand why it's based on the total amount of the bill. We need to rethink the way that we do this and give these people what they earn. The people at Bob Evans are working way harder than they are no at doubt. this fancy steakhouse where you just ordered a $65 steak and a $75 bottle of wine. And I totally agree. And I a $40 tip. When the, when the Martha is running your eggs and your coffee and working twice as hard, we need to revamp the way that we think about tipping. Very and, good. And to back up your point real quick, you're 100% right. I worked in restaurants when I was younger. The cheaper restaurants, you're doing more, oh. right? At those fancy restaurants, they take your order, and then mm. the busboy does all the work. It's yep. awful. Or I a was, server. They just the, have a server come yeah, right. on. I was a server in college for one semester. I yeah. was awful. The very first table, this woman came in with an oxygen tank and her own can of Pepsi. She only wanted a cup of ice. I'm like, I got this. Went to reach on the table, knocked the ice all over her. She gasped. I thought I killed her. <laughs> I thought I killed her. She's like, <clears throat> now if you had killed her, that would be even a better story. <laughs> yeah. Europe has, it, Europe has it right. Yeah. There's no tipping. And they get a better wage. Well, we, So you, yeah. it's factored into the cost of your meal. Right. But the employee is paid the wage by the mm-hmm. restaurant owner. 
I just don't understand. I would be fine with that I, system I, here. I, I just don't understand how these poor people that work the hardest make the least because the prices are know, lower on the menu as opposed to the fancy schmancy. I like I I tip Bougie. big all the time. But just Although I don't think we should have to tip when we pick up food from a restaurant. Agree. Right? Yeah, I, I do because I feel like I have but to. When you use your card, there's always a spot for a tip. Ten, no, zero. No. It's like you just handed me the bag. And now anything. they're staring at you when they flip it over and they're just like, if you want a tip, go ahead. And yeah. they just like stare at yeah. you like this. And like, pouring me a coffee does not get you a tip. I'm Agreed. sorry. Also, fast right. food workers, still no tip for you for some reason. Sorry. Jay's yeah. got about 55 seconds. For yeah, uh, I'm out of time. We've got one minute left before the stream ends, so I'll be very, very quick here. Um, we've talked about the hearing today. We've talked about the process when Sue Robinson comes forward with a suggested punishment, it will then be appealed and then it's up to Roger Goodell to either rule on the appeal or to name someone to listen to the appeal. Roger, do the right thing. You can't possibly think that we're going to accept you hearing the appeal for what you already have decided should be the punishment for Deshaun Watson. Give it to somebody else. Put it in someone else's hands. It, like you said, fall guy, mm-hmm. but at least it puts him out of the target, out of the crosshairs, and it puts it into someone else's. I'll way. make the call if you want, yeah. Rod. Judge Jay is available. Yeah, yeah, let Judge so Jay work. Yeah, Judge Jay. So here's to you, we Sue are- Robinson. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Judge Jay will rule on this on Thursday for the record. Whoa, right, whoa, very good. Whoa. On that note, we're out of time. We are back tomorrow. We'll see you on the Ultimate Cleveland. New record for views today. Thank you, everybody. We love you. See you tomorrow. Another new. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.